Save or Die, adventure number 58. I got it right this time. <laughs> I loved how your voice changed in the <laughs> middle of the intro to last episode. I, I, ha- I had a frog in my throat. You yes. can, ah. Yeah, you could sound so sinister. Yeah. <laughs> like a creepy old guy or something. Yeah. There's only one creepy old guy on this podcast. That's I, right. I just heard him. Hi, Vince. Uh, hey. <laughs> anyway, this is DM Mike, and returning... For a special episode, as you heard, DM Vince. <laughs> and then there's DM Liz, as usual. Hello. Yay. And some creepy guy that followed me in from the parking lot. I, Hi, this is DM Shop Liver. Yeah, yeah. DM Glenn here. Hello. 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 Actually, we should have had Vince, you know, when you introduced me, you know, have Vince like he used to do, go, Hi, I'm DM Liz. <laughs> Yeah, I'm Liz. I am Mike. Mike the Frog. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, this is Mike the Frog here. (laughs) Anyway, we're doing another Attack of the Clones episode. This time, Mazes and Perils. The the retro clone designed to emulate Holmes Basic. Well, it's more of a... A game that Liz sort of likes. (laughs) I have a passing fancy for it. Oh, okay. What was that, Vince? It's more inspired by than inspired. Oh, okay. Yeah. And well, a very loose use of the term "inspired," but written okay. by Vincent Florio. <laughs> and in the interest of full disclosure, I was involved with the OGL uh, editing of the manuscript to make sure it complied with OGL, and we will talk more about that later. Who wasn't? <laughs> well, were you involved too in the OGL? Who me? Who you? Yeah, was, you brought it up. Yeah, well, I I had did this little thing for Vince, like doing ninety percent of the artwork in there. Um, he made sure the art was OGL compliant. <laughs> uh, yeah, I had a guy standing behind me from the copyright police while I was drawing them from, from the- Wizards of the Coast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He had Bill Silvasak, whatever his name was. Slavisic. <laughs> That's his name. Yes. Who's hovering over your shoulder, but he doesn't work for him anymore. Hey, Mike. Mm. Before we get into it deeply, um, I want to do what we did in gaming this week, because we haven't talked to Vince for a while. We want to see what he was doing. I was just about to go into that. All right, then do so. I will. Okay. <laughs> oh. Vince, what have you been doing Gaming this week, since you're not necessarily basic expert, since you've drifted away from the show a bit. But if they, you've been doing that too, that would be cool. Uh, actually, uh, after the show, I'll be going to a in face-to-face game for one e here in cool. local Denton <laughs> at the library. Yep, we got 
two libraries here, at least. Three. Three. There's three libraries now. And not even counting the two at the universities. Exactly. But yeah, I've been doing that. I haven't really done anything basic-wise, except for working on Mazes and Perils and putting that out, and some of the modules I put out recently. Don't yeah, I was going to say, you'd put out a couple of modules now, right? I put out one, uh, Ring of the Baron, which is actually more compatible with 1E, uh-huh. it's based on first edition rules. Is it any good? Uh, no, it kind of stinks. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and the other one I put out was uh, In Minds We Trust, which is basically an introductory adventure for Mazes and Perils, or... For classic D&D rules, it fits for both. Yeah, that module, when when my screed reader first read it, kind of scared me, because I thought it said, in mimes we trust. (laughs) (laughs) It's Uh, a minefield! (laughs) (laughs) So anyway. Yeah, so that's really what I've been doing. Cool. At least your intro was better than mine in RFI. You got the number right. I usually get the number wrong. I have to do three takes on it, so... (laughs) In 57, we got to the end and realized I had said 56. So, oh, so we, we told Vin, uh, Glenn to um, dub his own voice in at that point when I'm going adventure number, and then suddenly it's Glenn's voice, 57, <laughs> <laughs> and then back to me. Uh, okay. And nobody's mentioned it, which, nope. is, which is really surprising. And nobody is any the wiser. Mm. <laughs> yeah, you see? We yeah. fooled them all. Yes. Uh, so, Glenn, what have you been up to? Oh, let's see. I oh, grabbed a couple of couple of things from uh, Half Price again uh, from Second Edition. Unusual for you. Yeah, isn't it? Mm. Uh, we not really much. My my face to face game has been canceled for the next what uh, until the twentieth, which Ooh. is like two three weeks away. Huh. Which I guess is okay. Well, for one, I can do this podcast this morning. So. Oh. Um, yeah, we just arrived in uh, in Mistara from Thunder Rift, and uh, one of one of the guys who couldn't who or is not in the game anymore, but he had his character there. Uh, that's the guy who was detained by the law. But <laughs> yeah, well, the uh, DM had a, a a very novel way of getting rid of his character. We fell into this portal through this pool in the dungeon in Thunder Rift and ended up outside of Spectralarum and Mistara at this grove. And the first thing we do is see his character being mauled to death by a bear. Nice. <laughs> so bears. We, yeah. Got to stay away from bears. Yeah. Not so. Bears. So we killed the bear. He was dead. That was it. So now we, we've been following Zanzer Tam who's been trying to recruit an orc army to go back to Thunder Rift and kick some ass. Well, we found out we're like two days behind him. So he's already back there, and he's kicked the ass. So now we got to go figure out a way to go back to Thunder Rift and save them. So it's like the scouring of the Shire D&D style. That, and I've been talking to full-on gamer, who keeps threatening to come down here and play a game with us, with me. It's like, well, just, well, why don't we just, like, you know, get over here, we'll hop in my van and go to Denton and see you guys, and we'll all play. Mm. So I want to talk to him. would not suck. So I want to talk to him about that. Far away from me, so I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, right. Okay. But, (laughs) (laughs) all right, well, that's what I've been doing. What about you, Mike? Um, (laughs) I've been... Looks like I'm going to be running my usual Holmes game, or in this case, Mazes and Perils, at the next uh, North Texas RPG Con. So I've already been throwing some together I- ideas together All for right. that. I think I'm going to have to get into that game. So I'll 
I'm probably going to try and aim for my normal Sunday morning slot. Uh-huh. And generally trying to uh, get something together. I got a couple of ideas and trying to decide which one I'm going to go with. In minds we trust. Sorry. <laughs> no, actually, I want to. I, I haven't decided whether I want to write one up or do a um, old judges guild. I think oh, I'm probably just going to write one up because Steve over at Troller Games has been bugging me to write a module for CNC. So what I'm thinking I might do is go ahead and throw a module together, run it in Mazes and Perils, and then just convert it later to CNC, send it to him, and tell him to shut up. Oh, you're not going to do Glory Hold Dwarven Mine? No. Oh, okay. I am not. Oh. <laughs> I think you should do another Judges Guild Jackways adventure so that Janelle will sign up for your game oh, again and you can yes. go nuts. Oh, yes. <laughs> the first North Texas RPG Con, I decided to run Dragon Crown, and then I'm looking at the list of signups, and there's like Paul Jackways. Ah! The author is going to be in my game. No pressure or anything. Oh, he was going insane. Oh, yeah. About I was it. having panic attacks. And then, but, but. <laughs> Dakways couldn't stay, so had to bail oh, out. So. Dragon Crown. What, what is that? Is it a? It's a judge's guild. Oh, is it? That's yep. one. I, that's one I don't own. Okay. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a basic um, module. Balls a dragon and a crown. Anyway, there you go. Oddly enough. Oddly enough. Orc and pot. So, okay. so what have you been doing, Liz? Hello. Voice lessons. Yeah. Well, uh, as far as basic gaming, I haven't been doing an awful lot. As you might imagine, Mike is not sharing his ideas of what he's going to do at North Texas RPG Con with me because I might very well wind up signing up for his game. Uh, Mike, that that might uh, validate the marriage vows right there, so you better let her know. (laughs) So he's keeping his cards close to the chest on that one. I have been doing playtesting for Mike's non-basic game, (laughs) Um, reading through the Mazes and Perils booklet for today's show, reading through the original Holmes booklet, reading through the Brown books. I've been doing a lot of reading, getting ready for this, so... That's primarily what I've been doing this past week in regards to basic D&D. Cool. cool. Oh, I have one more thing to add. I did restart up the Book of Sorrows campaign actual play podcast. Yes, on Tuesday nights. Oh, congratulations. Yes, there's a very handsome-sounding man as part of the group on that. Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mike, uh, Mike re- reintroduced his character that ran away the first time, so... <laughs> I'm better now. <laughs> yeah, I had to bail out of the game last uh, uh, the first time around because I ended up having a seminar that night. Ouch! On those nights, so he, he had Erwin just wander off into the darkness. Oh, and Vince and I are still involved in Thorky's Saturday night game, which has been postponed. Is that one E or that is one E? Ah, okay. I did more damage to the whole entire party than he did the whole entire party last week. 
Sweet. <laughs> it's 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 nice to have like a great big fighter with all this damage and stuff, and to just like stand back and watch the rest of the guys just take stuff down. Hmm. I'll have to have Erwin do that next time. <laughs> have great anyway, power. Not use it. We're talking about mazes and perils, so let's move on into game on. Game on! And we're talking about the Mazes and Perils RPG from Ooh. Wild Games Productions. Ooh. Which is, again, this podcast is affiliated with, and in the, the interest of full disclosure. It is the third printing. This podcast is the third printing? No, Mazes and Perils. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. And we happen to have the author right here with us. Yes. Yeah. So, talk to us, Vince. What made you decide to create this game? Well... I'm sorry, excuse me, the creator. Don't want people to get upset over saying author. Yeah, don't don't say author, because I wasn't the author of it. I just reimagined everything and added my own two cents into it for people out there to get upset when they see the word author. But, <laughs> All right. People who make clones can write author, but I, I can't. Sorry. <laughs> Send your <laughs> send your emails to RFI staff. <laughs> <laughs> RFI staff, yeah. Send send any yes. criticisms do to not RFI s- staff. Do not send to save or die. Podcast at Gmail. Send your emails to Glenn at Glenn.com. Oh, sorry, Glenn at GoofyGrogner.com. Yes, Goofy Grogner. <laughs> or Knights and Aves Alehouse at... No. <laughs> Ooh, digging the knife. Anyway, I, since Holmes is pretty much an introduction to 1E, if you look at it that way, mm-hmm. I, I know I do. Is you, I think you've looked at it that way as well. Well, I mean, while I personally use it in conjunction with the Brown books, it says right in the preface, you know, and in several places throughout it, if you want to go further... You know, you are directed to go to Advanced Dungeons and Dragons. So, you know, it certainly makes sense to incorporate 1E-isms into the rules. It's not what I do personally, but I don't have an argument with doing it that way. Right. And I also felt that Holmes was left in the dust like the little kid in the playground didn't get a clone. So (laughs) it was about time. And I wanted to make it a little bit more easier to create characters and read. Because Holmes is, like, you know, all over the place at some points. And I can see a new person picking it up and going, what? Huh? Because I get the impression that Holmes assumes that you have the brown books. That's what well, I just assume. it is certainly an improvement over the brown books. But, yeah, it, it, it can get a little question marky at times. So I was flipping through it, and I'm like, oh, this is kind of confusing to a new person. Well, maybe if I redo it and revamp everything and reword it to a way that it would be more easier for people to understand new people, I figured, why not? And that's where we got this. Cool. And thanks to uh, Glenn with his wonderful artwork inside. And I got the cover who is from, uh, I don't know, pronounce it, Onji Jolie on DeviantArt. Uh, she gave it to me. She told me I could use it as long as, you know, I gave her proper credit, and I did. She was very nice about it. Didn't charge me anything, which I was amazed by. She's a Jolie. Yeah. And 
That's it. And thank you to uh, Michael Thomas, who uh, did the layout. He also did some layouts for Mongoose as well. So I was he, is, he is great. This thing looks – the layout is wonderful in this thing. Okay. Well, that gets us right over into first impressions. Glenn, what was your first impression looking at the rules? Vince, what were you thinking? No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, He's mad, I tell you. Mad. Uh, I think it's – I think it's – of course – you know, I did the artwork, so, you know, take my opinion for what it is. But I think it's glorious. It's just laid out so nice. Everything's easy to find. But you're right. You're right. Holmes is kind of kind of like somebody falling face first into the first edition DMG. You know, you don't know where anything is, or and it can get that way. And this one is like... Really straightforward. You jump right into character creation, followed followed by you know they talk about adventuring and the encounters, combat, such and such. It's just a one, two, three, four, and that's the way I like my rule books to be. I don't want to have to be going like this all the time, you know. And some of those basics really get that way. And I also like the fact that you can take you can you can take a character up to twelfth level. So if you guys are using homes and up to third, forget advance, go to this. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, it's, it's wonderful. And I love, <laughs> I love this Vince. I'm not knocking you or anything. I love the sample dungeon, but I looked at it and I go, this is pure Vince. Why? Area 12, one line encounter, encounter treasure. Area 13, one line encounter, encounter treasure. I know how much you hate box text and stuff. Well, that's <laughs> old school. It is old school. And I just, the first thing I thought was, yep, this is a Vince book. But, yeah, yeah, thanks. Yeah. If you put a disclaimer about it, it says here's enough to start you off, but you fill in the rest pretty much. Right, but, I, but I'm not, like I said, I'm not knocking it. I like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it harkens back to the some of the earlier Judges Guild adventures where they would give you, like, what, three or four lines after each encounter or room where you can put your own stuff. Yeah. I like that. I think more more modules and more rule books and stuff should do that. Yeah. I despise box text, so. Me too. I understand. But, you know, you give him enough to go on, and that's fine with me. But like I said, the overall impression, I like the book. I really do. Okay. And I'm going to see about using it sometime on Skype. Okay. So. Liz. Well, my first impression of the book was, you know, as Glenn said, it's laid out very well. Um, you don't have the, you know, flipping back and forth through the pages syndrome that you do, quite frankly, with Holmes. And I love the book to pieces, but I will admit the information could have been assembled in a little bit more of a, you know, logical manner than it was. So things are laid out better. Um, it's easy to read. You've got some really nice looking charts and tables and stuff that are, you know, very easy to understand. Um, Glancing through it, you know, I immediately noticed things that were, you know, apparently, you know, seemed to hearken to 1E as opposed to the Brown books. And like I said earlier, you know, it's not how I do it, but it makes sense in the context of what was written throughout the Holmes book, Go to Advanced Dungeons and Dragons. So I think it's a really nice-looking book. It's laid out well. I I think it's good for new people to go through, certainly better for a new person to look through than the original Holmes book for a new person to look through. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay. My first impressions, well, the first thing that jumped out at me is that after uh, opening the PDF, it's only 51 pages. I like that. I think I, I really hate this modern movement to where you're going to have to – oh, this is the new rule book for X role-playing game. It's 300 pages. <laughs> I mean, I don't know about the rest of you, but when I was a kid, if that, somebody had said, here's the rule book for a game in 300 pages, I would have said – I would have said, heck with it. By the way, that's 51 pages on my PDF after the cutting out of the covers and, and other, you know, effluvia. <laughs> There goes him with them $10 words again. That's right. Yeah. And yes, the layout is very logical and well set up. Um, and it's in correct flow. I mean, you have character generation, then you have combat, then you have, you know, magic items, so on and so how magic items affect combat, so on and so forth down the line with the core rules near the front and the stuff that the DM would want need to know further to the back. One thing that did strike me, though, that um, I thought might have helped, I noticed you don't have the ubiquitous what is a role-playing game section for new people. And I applaud that. You know why? You know how many friggin' books have that in there? If you can't figure out what role-playing is, then don't, you don't need to role-play <laughs> That's why I didn't include that in there, because everyone's like, oh, you have to include what is role-playing. You know how many – every book has that. God. Well, yeah. I I can agree with that, but um, it just struck me that the that the game otherwise seems to be kind of written for gamers. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Well, then, if that's what you're aiming for, then that's great. But you're right. Everybody has – and something when Liz and I were talking about this, she brought up a valid point – Hello. Which was that <laughs> 30 years ago, people didn't know what the heck – yo, Joe Average did not know what a role-playing game was. Well, Nowadays, yeah. World of Warcraft, etc., generally yeah. people are going to know what role-playing is. Yeah. Yeah, it just- Even people who do not game themselves at this point are fairly familiar with role-playing games. Yeah. So – you know, that was my point when we were talking about it the other night. It's like, you don't really need that as much as you did back when we first got into gaming. Right. They, I mean, Brown Books and Holmes were both written for gamers, but the Brown Books were written for war gamers, and Holmes was written for the guy who games by playing Monopoly. <laughs> You're not Pascal. Yes. <laughs> Actually, I'd say the Challenger edition. <clears throat> Well, actually, no. I think Challenger Edition might have been written for people who play shoots and ladders. But... <laughs> wow. I, I'm sorry. I I thought that the Challenger, you know, obviously it's the same rules as as Mincer, <laughs> but I just felt like some of the writing in there, not all, but some of it was just like you know, see Dick run and. I'm like, oh come on! You, you're insulting the gamers see, or people who want to play a game. See dick hit. See dick roll damage. See dick. Yeah, exactly. We at Wild Games Productions do not condone any actions done by Michael Stewart on this. <laughs> and, and a good thing too. And remember, don't be a dick. Oh. <laughs> Character generation. Yes. <laughs> it seems pretty standard. Three D six. In order, though, you give the option for putting them where you want. 
Yes. Um, the attribute modifiers, pretty standard to yeah. uh, um, home slash OD&D. Right. At least until strength. And then I noticed some kind of one E-ism slipped in there as far as weight allowance and extra damage for an 18 strength. Yes. Well, that's where the, where I got from that, that part came from the, uh, the Thorky 70, uh, the home 77 that Thorky did. Yeah. I yes. kind of in there, so I kind of pulled it in. Okay. Which, by the way, was another Holmes clone that briefly, uh, that predates Mazes and Perils and was briefly out, but quickly got yanked because <clears throat> fandom. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, I'll still get that. So anyway, classes. I notice, unlike that version, uh, you have all, and like Holmes itself, you've got all four of the core classes. Fighter, magic user, cleric, thief. Or fighting man. Oh, fighting man. What if I want to play a woman who fights? Too bad. What if you play oh, a man okay. who fights women? Uh, call people. That's illegal. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm afraid I shall have to call the police. What if I what if wants to fight in the streets? It's a street fighting man. So then you just rename him. Who cares? Then it, I listen to the Stones. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a, it's just a name for the class. You can name it whatever you I, want. You don't have I, to be a fighting man. You could be like you know the man who picks his nose and flings at guy or whatever. <laughs> I was no, gonna I need a prestige class for that. <laughs> yes. I was going to change it to Dirty Bastard, but that's me. So, um, personal yes. here. Are a dirty bastard. <laughs> the creepy old guy in the back. I'm a fifth level dirty bastard. <laughs> Do you have only, only fifth level? You're too modest. <laughs> what, Mike? Do you have any comment on the classes, Glenn? Um, we're doing. We're dividing race and class, aren't we? Yeah, which is a point I was going to bring up. I know she didn't have the dwarf and elf slash, quote-unquote, race as class that Holmes like, originally had. Yeah, like I said, I was more doing it as a, as a breach into 1E e than a, an OD&D breach, so. Okay. Well, to hell with this book, no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's. I could deal with that. It's it's not. It's very well done. I mean, no gnomes, but what do you want? Um you don't want gnomes, that's for sure. You that's don't want gnomes. <laughs> <laughs> I was up all night reading Top Ballista. Don't get me started. <laughs> gnomes will be in the next edition. Yeah. Which And by the by, um, Brown Book D&D didn't have the races as classes either. You know, it, it did just as, as this, you know, the system here. So you're saying that started with uh, BX? Yes, it did. It started with Holmes, actually. Soap my yeah. rope. Wow. Yeah. Start, wait a book, yeah, and even with supplements, never had the racist class. Yeah, that was yeah. The whole, started with the with with Holmes and went to Mulvey, who wrote upon it, and then Mentor continued it. Yeah. Huh. Well, well, I still like it. So, but I'm not going to fault the book. I still think it's one. It's a, a great system. I can I can easily adapt to that. Hell, I started with one e, eighty mm-hmm. and so. All right. You know. You started with two e. No, I started with one e. Oh, okay. I was it was like five six years before two e. Mm-hmm. Liz? Hello. <laughs> <laughs> you got him doing that now. <laughs> it's just like old times. <laughs> Get him to giggle like a little girl. Bring yeah. a tear to my eye. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, like the, like you've been saying, you, we've got the, the one-e-isms or the Thorky 
Holmes 77-isms e- <laughs> in there. Um, yeah, as far as race as class, um, Holmes had started it, and a lot of the things that were changed from the Brown books into Holmes were, you know, for making it easier for people who have never, ever role-played before. And, you know, rather than having to, you know, completely wrap a new brain around, okay, we're going to have multiple damage, you know, for different weapons, and you can be a race with all these special abilities, but you also get to pick a class on top of that, and yada, yada, yada. You know, they were just trying to make it very simple for a brand new role player to dip their toe in fairly easily. And then as they got more used to doing what they were doing, you know, then slowly incorporate, you know, more complex rules into the mix so they don't feel overwhelmed at the very beginning. Um, I, I like with what they did or what Vince did with the magic user in particular, um, especially with the, you know, going into more detail about the traveling spell book, um, what it can do. And, you know, you can use a spell from the book, but the spell will disappear from the book. It's a lot more detailed than what was put into the original Holmes book for magic users and I tend to play magic users a lot so I'm always pretty cool with things that you know or do more they cook yeah that do more for that class um, I did notice looking at the XP um, totals for leveling up um, you've got some different experience points totals than what you would see either in Holmes the Brown books or the first edition books You've tweaked some of the numbers. Um, yeah, I had to. <laughs> what was your reasoning behind doing that? Uh, because a lot of people said that due to the OGL, you can't copy what was there. But according to the law, you can copy table. You can't copyright tables, but exactly, <laughs> you cannot copyright a table. You folks hear that out there? Got <laughs> it. Okay. You can yeah. copyright a font. If it's a proprietary font, but you cannot copyright tables or formulas. I I agree with that, and I know the law. I've read the law, but to avoid all the bitching of the babies, I decided to change it and appease everybody on that, and so they can't say anything about it. Mm -hmm. So that's why the, the numbers are all tweaked to my formula as opposed to any other formula you find in any other book. Okay. Oh, man. Go, Vince. Testify. (laughs) <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, off the soapbox. Go ahead. You go, girlfriend. Yeah. Anyway, anything else, Liz? The spell progressions were different too. I, I did had to change that as well. Yeah, I noticed that. Yeah, I also noticed um, racial level limits, um, which since I don't tend to use those myself anyway, <gasps> but I do like how you know in mazes and perils you can go a little bit further with the racial limits than you can in the original set of rules. Um, mm. I seem to remember, um, particularly in Brown Book, you know, if you played a halfling, you only went to fourth level fighter. You know, yeah. as a fighter, and then you're done. It's like, <laughs> it's like, well, who's going to want to play a halfling then? <laughs> you know, let a it halfling go up thief. And, 
you know, at least go up to six or something. Jeez, you know. If I was running this, I'd take the I'd just take the level progressions out of uh, Metzer mm-hmm. and do it that way. That goes all the way up to thirty six. You know, rock on. <laughs> I imposed it so every class, or I said every race, has the ability to go in the maximum level in at least one of the classes. Mm-hmm. Now, is that a one eism, or did you just come up with your own? I think it's a one eism, isn't it? No, no, that was just me. I decided oh, okay. it was you. Okay. Oh, yeah, could... and I like that. Let's, if it's a halfling, let him be like the expert thief. He can go up to level twelve. So I don't, it's fair. I mean, a halfling is a thief, considered a thief most of the time anyway. So why would it be make him fourth level? Kind of and, and that kind of and that kind of argument to me in any game uh, sort of circumvents my. Why'd you have to split the race into classes? This is a good reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the whole this is a human centric game. Whatever you know, humans go to the maximum of twelve and everything. So yeah, you pull them out, and so what? It, it makes humans less. You know what is it enticing? So what? Who cares? Yeah. Yeah. Generally, in my games, I don't use level limits, but I compensate for that role playing because generally, demi humans going into any town, which almost always is going to be humans, treat them with fear and loathing. Well, if they're a drunk pill user, I can understand that. Mm-hmm. In Las Vegas, so yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else, Liz? No, I'm good. <clears throat> okay. Me well, too. The things, a couple of things that stood out to me, Vince has already answered because I was going to ask why uh, he does, in the game, give options for variable hit die and variable weapon damage, which I'm very happy for. One thing I did not like about Home 77, I know it was true, it was more faithful to Brown Book, but I still didn't like it. Um. I noticed that the fighter and the cleric, rather than going for eight and six cider, went ten and eight cider. I was going to ask you about that, but obviously that was because it's closer to one e. Mm-hmm. And I really like how you wrote up the hopeless character. <laughs> yes, yeah, they great. That is the only wet time I have seen that where, you know, you it, it's been said honestly rather than, well, you're going to have a character that's hopeless, so just re-roll another one. No. <laughs> no. Work with it. Yeah, work yeah. with it. Yeah, like when Glenn and I were playing in Bad Mike's game at North Texas RPG Con this past summer. Uh-huh. God, people are going to think we're on their payroll. Um, <laughs> anyway, Bad Mike, are you listening? <laughs> um, but remember that. Remember that girl who was playing with us, whose name I cannot remember, but yeah, her character died. And she took on playing the hireling that she hired as her character afterwards. And that zero-level hireling was just kicking butt and taking names. Oh, yeah. It's like, wow, the zero-level hireling's doing better than all of the rest of us. You know? I felt like I was and, watching an origin movie for a, a, you know, a, a classic hero character. Yeah, but, you know, what was... What would have been considered a, you know, throwaway character, you know, ended up just being fantastic for the rest of the game sessions. Like, damn. You know? <laughs> well, so, also, in this system, the penalties and bonuses for attributes are rather lower than, you know, it's only a plus one, minus one, maybe a plus two if you're really lucky. Um, 
having quote unquote low attributes don't penalize you that much. So, so what if you've got a six intelligence, you know, minus one, so what? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's a penalty, but it's hardly going to, you know, be a major one. It's not mass hysteria, cats and dogs living together type thing. So. Exactly. No, 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 it's not. And, you know, so, yeah. it, I'm sorry to say this, but it took me about the 10th time going through this book to realize, hey, he's got uh, treasures and magic items in here, too. Yeah. Surprise! Surprise! It's like he, he gives it like th- what three, four pages, but uh, yeah, that's enough to get started. And I do like the I do like the tables. Uh, <laughs> loves great it. tables. He yeah. loves the tables. Love the tables. <laughs> I'm still tempted to use the um, the Swords of Wizardry treasure rules, but uh, this is this is great. Well, yeah, I know, but uh, <laughs> this is this is a great quick and dirty. Uh, okay, monster has uh, treasure H. We'll just boom, boom, boom. There it is. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> combat and saving throws. Oh, one more thing, Mike. Before we go on, um, Vince, I'm sure this is has uh, vile, something to do with vile. But uh, did you notice on the page where you have that picture of me have the hand throwing the gold pieces in the bag? It's right after bag of devouring. Um, is it? Yes, I just thought that was kind of funny. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> he changed the artwork around to make it fit where better in better places than we right. have. But it's, it's like, well, say goodbye to your gold pieces. Yeah. There you go. Gold pieces. <laughs> That's how you find out you have a bag of devouring, and yeah. probably your hand too. Yeah. Well, anyway, Mike, you were saying combat. Combat and saving throws seemed pretty D and D standard. To me, would you say there was any specialty there, Vince? They're different in a sense than what should be printed in homes, yeah. Other than that, it was just basically how I figured it out. My formula again. Mm-hmm. Uh, I tried to make it different so it didn't didn't copy the you know the tables that I was copyrighted on, apparently. Um <laughs> I'll continue to say that I, I can't stand that, but anyway, you you go, go ahead. I'm I'm right oh, up I'm there not. with right up there with you. I mean, in a way, those people were criticizing my review of the OGL, and it's like, no, this is fine. I trust you more than them. I mean, you did Castles and Crusades, so yeah, I was involved with that, and I would just point out that for everybody that's griping, the one person that has not griped. Is Wizards of the Coast Incorporated? That's right. And they Ooh. sent a cease and desist to Osric. Osric yeah. ignored it, but they did send one, and I'll bet you have not gotten one, have you? No, because I personally handed the copy into Wizards of the Coast. Well, there you go. And, and they, they, they don't have a problem. They answered. They it's answered you. Deal. Yes, the OGL department did answer me and said they had no problem with it. That tells you something right there that Wizards actually has an OGL department now. Yeah. I'm, so, I'm sorry. I, I, I misinterpreted. I thought you said OSR department. I was going, they have an OSR department now? Wow, they're taking it seriously. <laughs> Not yet, but they who knows? It's about the OGL, and I handed it in, and I just said, is this legal or not? And tell me so I can use it or not. Yeah. Uh-huh. They said it was fine. Cool. I told them I was giving it out for free, and they said, no problem. Yeah. That's true. So there you go. Okay. Anyone else have any comments on the combat or saving throw system? Stand, standards, 
Standard saving throws, standard combat. I have no problem. I could run this in my sleep. Well, I used it for the, for the combat for initiative. I did the dexterity highest first. Uh-huh. Yeah, I noticed that. That was interesting. I didn't. Uh, well, that's that's Holmes. That is Holmes. Uh, that is Holmes. Yes. Okay. I kind of like that idea. If you're that gives you know an event. If you have a higher dexterity, you should go first. You're the one that moves quicker. True. Yeah, but- the the only way in which Maces and Perils deviates from that is instead of rolling off if you're close and the higher number goes first. Um, Maces and Perils, you roll off if you're close and the lower number goes first. Yeah. Which a lot of us, you know, have been used to in other games. You know, you want a low number when rolling for initiative as far as, you know, going on that round. Yeah. Um, That's what I do with 1E initiative. Mm -hmm. I do lower D6 as opposed to higher D6 because I add the segments on. That's why I do that, Mike. The lower, if you have spell segments, I just plop it on top of the lower number. Mm -hmm. As opposed to just use D6 and the higher goes. So There you go. One thing I did notice is that you added in was the encumbrance check. Yes. Or constitution. Mm -hmm. Which I thought was a nifty idea as far as how to resolve any encumbrance issues. Well, it's there. People want to complain about, you know, encumbrance and like, oh, I can carry like a like those people that walk through dungeons and picking up like a chair and shoving it in their backpack. I mean, <laughs> I was, I'm taking this credenza with me. Uh, yeah, I went through one adventure where some guy kept stealing the furniture and he wanted to open up Bob's furniture store. <laughs> he, like, I think I've the, got a gazebo in my backpack. Hold on. The dude like, rented a cart and every time we went into the dungeon, <laughs> the furniture and he threw it in the cart. <laughs> you know that could be uh, you know that wow I'd love to have a character like that in my game I'd let him establish his furniture store or whatever that would be a great source of plot hooks who knows what he pulls out of that dungeon if it's cursed if it has something in it you know that kind of thing well I had the car get stolen when he was in the dungeon so <laughs> along with the mule you know that's what I used, that's what I used to hate about like when I for, when I first started gaming I was playing in one e and I I don't know every time I seemed to run into a DM I never bought we never bought horses or took horses because those are the first things that go either we get bushwhacked on the road to the dungeon or by the time we come out oh they ran off or somebody stole them mm-hmm. I, we'd always be afoot <laughs> you were actually afoot. Yeah, walking, walking. Oh, okay. I thought you were in a big giant foot. Yeah, it's a prestige class, you know. The, or it's a it's a two E kid, the foot oh. class. You know. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a subclass of the monk. There you go. Moving uh, on. <laughs> does anyone have any other comments regarding saving throws, combat, encumbrance? Um, I like that you kept AC nine as no armor. Way to go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wouldn't be old school without that. I mean, mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> Like it matters to me, but okay. Uh, nine, ten—it's a number, okay. It's <laughs> so hard to adjust. So yeah, yeah, true, true. And I'm, you, ascending armor class is easy to adapt. Whatever. No, I—I I have no problem with it. No. Okay. Then, if nobody has any further comments, we'll move into random encounters. Yay! We take what we want and leave the rest, just like your salad bar. Nothing up must leave. Crystal! You will come out no more! What? Huh? What'll come out no more? Random Encounters. 
Random encounters. Ah. Robert's rules. Like we, like we did with swords and wizardry. We each chose a monster. We did. <laughs> we did. We were supposed to. Yes, it was we notes. did. <laughs> notes. Yeah. Notes. Yes, I did. I just saw. Oh, mazes and perils. I don't have to read any notes. <laughs> Glenn's read the book probably four times as it is anyway, so. (laughs) Anyway, before we specifically talk about the monsters, I did want to say that one major difference I noticed was that in Mazes and Perils, when you open a door in the dungeon, it stays open. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Rather than that, you know, Holmesian... Unless you like nailed it shut or nailed it open with spikes and stuff, it's going to automatically close behind you. No, it's, it's you open a door, it's well, just open. It's a door. Did not yeah. say it automatically closed behind you. Mm, actually, I think it did. All right, well, we're not here to debate homes, so. <laughs> okay, I got a D6. Well, it said. Doors opened will usually shut automatically. By what power? Rubble, rubble. So there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it like a, a, a door-closing monster I need to make up? <laughs> yeah. It's little... made of special closing wood. That's, yeah. yeah. No, I can see it. It's, it's got a big flat head, and he just runs against it. Boom! It's got suspenders on and carries a broom with him to clean up after everybody. It's not clean. It works for Labyrinth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what's your monster, Mike? Mine is, like with Sword and Wizardry, the Minotaur. And comparing it, it pretty much comes out exact. With the formula, which also cannot be copyrighted, by the way, formulas. There you go. Or numbers. What formula? Oh. Although yeah. you did although you do mention that the bull-headed humanoid, which I like, and you also give the information, sort of like orcs and goblins and stuff, that uh, regarding if you have a group of minotaurs with a leader and the special abilities of any given leader of them. Yeah, that that can actually came from uh, Thorkis. Ah, okay. Yeah, that was which I th- thought was really cool. Yeah, that uh, was a, a Thorky thing that I liked. I kept in there. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's pretty much. Down the line, perfect. I like it. And I like groups of minotaurs, as Liz can attest to her chagrin. Yes. A whole squad of minotaurs. Apparently minotaurs travel in packs in Mike's world. <laughs> or herds. Uh, I want to see if you like, I want to see minotaurs in close order drills. <laughs> so what's your favorite monster, Glenn? No. Well, I'm gonna take the orc again. The orc. As I quickly looked it up. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at the Holmes Orc and the Amazons and Perils Orc, and they are pretty much darn near identical. Mm. Um, I noticed they do not. Yours, the Amazons and Perils Orc, does not take minus one off their attack in full daylight, which is a, mi- a minor quibble. I can care less about that. I hear you. And, uh, you know, you got. You know, the, you run run into orcs during full daylight anyway, right? That's true. And you've got chances of ogres and trolls being with them, of course. Uh, I was disappointed that the your orcs don't have scimitars. But other Doesn't than say that, they don't. That's true. I'll put scimitars on them. So, <laughs> um, so I'm pretty much pretty much satisfied with it. It works out. <laughs> same even same treasure type. My God. Um, 
Yeah, you did good. Pat yourself on the head, Vince. All right, thank you, Glenn. Okay. <laughs> Liz? Liz? Well, looking at the cobalt, <laughs> I, I must say I'm quite pleased that they are small humanoids with the facial and head features of a dog and the scaly hides much like a lizard. Yay! Fie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Liz. Fie. And I say, look who's sucking up, Vince. <laughs> Or, or was that or was the other one? Seventy-seven too. No, it was. It wasn't Home Seventy-Seven, but I, I kept it as like that because that's how I think they should be in, in classic D and D. So yeah, I think I got. I think I got a pre-release copy because it says they're dog-headed humans. There you go, Liz. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was a, that was probably in the Thorky one. I mean, yes. <laughs> um. So yeah, apart from the inclusion of that very helpful description. They are very much like you would see them in the Holmes book, um, highly resistant to magic, plus three to all saving throws except breath. Um, the only thing that's not mentioned is, like with the orcs, um, they don't mention whether kobolds have infravision or not, but not really important one way or the other. You can add it if you want or leave it out. Um, Armor class, treasure type, damage, etc. Pretty much down the line, just like Holmes. So, I say A plus on the Cobalt. Oh, fights <laughs> like a knoll. Wow. Gnoll. Yeah. Gnoll. Chieftain fights like a knoll, and that itself is in the Holmes monster description. That it is. There you go. Gnoll. I I don't remember coming across it or not, but. Did you import the thing that all monsters can see in the dark? No. From Holmes? I don't believe so, no. Okay. Yeah, because that seemed kind of, well, if they can all see in the dark, why do you bother listing whether or not they have infravision or ultravision? That's kind of silly, Dr. Holmes. <laughs> but anyway. So, yeah. They I mean, it seems p- very convertible. Um, and since it's baseline, you can use it with... Just about any classic D&D, if you want to, say, use a Mazes and Perils module with your, you know, particular flavor of classic. Oh, yeah, because you can't. They're not compatible. They're completely different games, just like 1E. And- this is called mic baiting. <laughs> I also listed all the monsters as hit, six-sided hit dice also. Mm-hmm. Ah. Unless it's otherwise noted, which is the dragon was changed. Was it? Yeah. D10 for their hit dice. Oh, okay. Which yeah, is, you're right. you know, they're dragons. That's that's kind of scary because very few... I mean, you look at 2E that I think of like one monster that has a D10 hit die. And it isn't dragons. I want the dragons to be powerful, iconic. You got it. <laughs> you certainly got it in here. I really do love the picture you put there, Glenn. So. Oh, thank you. I me, that's that half the time. See, when I look through the book, half the time I spend picking apart my pictures. Mm. Oh, I could have done that. I could have done that. You know that kind of thing. And you only have black, white, red, and brown dragons. Yeah. Okay. Keep it simple. I like that. Yeah, just simple. You don't need to have like ten billion colors in there. The fuchsia dragon. What? I no prefer f- the paisley dragon myself. What? No fairy dragons. There's pictures. Yeah. In the book. What? There's yeah. pictures. That's true. Pixie dragon. Yay. Pixie. And again, to beat a dead horse, 
in the Holmes monster section, there's only four dragons there, too. So, so there you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can't give them too much. They might get dragon happy or something, you know. Yeah. Well, also remember, Holmes, all are, that was one of the weird things about Holmes is you're giving dragons, but you can't go higher than third level. Well, the, you know, it's the old saying. It's like, you know, that's how they learn to run away. So, Yeah, yeah. And besides, it's kind of silly to have a game called Dungeons & Dragons and not Without include dragons. any dragons. you got to have something. Very true. Better, true. Better case is vampires because it's like, yeah, I'll see a third. I'd love to see a third-level party go up against a vampire. Go ahead. Oh, wow. Get yeah. third-level. Seven to nine hit dice. Go for it. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that pretty much covers the compatibility, yes, versatility of the Mazes and Perils monsters. So let's move into products of your imagination. Your dungeon master has placed you in a dreadfully precarious position. Where are the Cheetos? They're right next to you. Well, all you do is we play the characters we talked about earlier when we run around and stuff. I want to show you a trick Mother showed me when you weren't around. Use your lightning bolt. Victory is yours. I'm attacking the darkness. <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons games. Products of your imagination. You're not there. You're getting drunk. P-O-Y-I. Gesundheit. Thank you. Sounds like a disease. Yeah, that's, that's not exactly a Doesn't catchy it? acronym. <laughs> <laughs> because if you are suffering from P-O-Y-I, please see your doctor immediately. But they will give you this cream that you can use. Oh. <laughs> Ask, your, Ask doctor your doctor if, if Mazes and Perils is right, for, right you. for you. Constipated, you may have POYI. Anyway, now talking about it solely as a product, its visuals, its readability, what do you think? It's wonderful. It's in French. How can I read it now? <laughs> it's not in French, Glenn. <laughs> He's from Oklahoma, remember? Excuse me? <laughs> he only reads the little words, because them big words like the really bother him. It hurts. Yeah, I'm, uh, yeah, but you can say I'm the product of the California educational system, so that'll yeah, cover yeah, it. There, yeah. there yeah. you go. Not that Texas is much better. Anyway. Oh, go away so, to see. Ideas. Liz. <laughs> yes? How do you feel about the booklet? Well, as a key product. <laughs> it's marvelous. <laughs> it is marvelous. <laughs> um, we seem to, you know, kind of go over a lot of, you know, what we say when you ask what our first impression is, um, as far as what is this like as a product overall. Um, a lot of the same things that I liked, you know, first impression wise go into how I feel about it as a product. Well, as a graphics uh, artist, what do you think about the art and layout? Uh, the layout is very straightforward. Oh, yeah. It's, you know, easy to read. Um, you've got good tables. Um, well, seriously, I mean, some of the tables in the Holmes book, yes, it's got the information you need in them, but they're, they weren't necessarily laid out in a manner that was easy to interpret. Well, um, I remember to use a typewriter back then. So yeah, um, and <laughs> yeah. now with being able to use you know things like 
InDesign and other stuff like that, you know, you can make automatic tables, you know, with like that, you know, you've got with the rules between them, you know, you can even, you can do all kinds of stuff to make it very easy to read the information now. And, you know, that shows in the product here. Um, FYI, that was done in Word, not in InDesign. Yeah, well... Word word can do good tables too. All, <laughs> I remember all, reading that Dr. Holmes, when he was first putting together the Holmes Basic version, he was literally like cutting pages out of the Brown Book, or cutting set like paragraphs away, and then physically putting them on pieces of paper to reorder them. Well, that was that was basically layout back then, you know. Yeah. I remember doing that myself when I worked on my school newspaper, you know, back in middle school, high school. Layout was literally cutting and pasting, moving around, That's you know, right. on the big mm-hmm. boards. Um, I remember those days, yes. Yeah, it, it was a lot harder and more time-consuming to lay out any kind of print product back then. <laughs> <laughs> it was the booming 50s. The war just ended. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> McCarthy was on the march. Yes. And people were playing D&D. Yes. The Cold War loomed ahead. Oh, wait, that was 30 years later. Never mind. Yeah. Soviet menace. <laughs> anyway. But what? it's a good product going through the, you know, like, for instance, the magic user spells. Uh-huh. Obviously, some things had to be taken away. For instance, you know, Tensor's floating disc. That's kind of proprietary. You can't have that in this one. Well, and, I could um, I could well, like Glenn's floating disc if I want. Yeah, I was going to say, or just call it floating disc. Yeah, um, and I also thought it was very interesting that Mazes and Perils made clairaudience and clairvoyance into a single spell, and the magic user chooses which yeah. effect it's going to have when he casts it. That's versatility. Um, I like. Yeah, that's um, yeah. that's um, interesting, and I really liked that. Um, uh, good artwork, you know. Nice layout as a product, you know. I like it a lot. A, a, I give it an A. <laughs> you mean dragons? You still do well, dragons or no? Yeah, yeah. yeah we're well, gonna do dragons at the end. Okay, Glenn. Well, I like the layout. I like the fact that the font is not exactly a copy of Holmes, but it really evokes it. Yeah, sans uh, serif. Yeah, this the sans serif font because I know how hard it is. I believe me, I know how hard it is to match these fonts. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, the artwork, of course, I'm going to think is great, except for this one piece over here, the cleric. Did you draw that, Vince? Yeah, I did. Oh, okay. She looks like she's approaching like an Odiac dung heap or something. <laughs> Maybe she is. Maybe she is. Who knows? She's looking at your artwork. No. That's, that's, <laughs> yes. I would got it. Well, there's a couple of pieces in here where I tried something different, and I'm still wondering if it was pulled off. So, like the thief, I'm going, well, that was different, but... Uh, yeah. That was cool, the thief, that picture, the black picture like that. Yeah, I know, but it's like, as far as, like, light effects, I really, you know, I really struggle with those. Um but, yeah, and it prints out real nice. I mean, I lucked out and got somebody to put print it on a color printer, so I got the nice shiny pages and stuff like that. But even a regular, you know, if you do it at home, it's going to look gorgeous because the layout is just spot on. 
and everything comes out clear. There's no cutoffs or anything. And the tables come out clear. You can read. It's just, it's great. That's my assessment. What about the art? You. It's great. No. <laughs> Except for that cleric. Anyway. Uh, Although, I so, recall last night Liz mentioning that the Lizard Man picture you drew looked a lot like Jabberjaws. <laughs> yeah. I had a hard time with that one. Let me put <laughs> I, I, I wasted a lot of paper on that picture. <laughs> oh, the other one I'm not happy about is the medallion of ESP. It's like, what, did my grandson draw this? <laughs> well, for those who, who don't like the, the, the more cartoony style art, I would just point them toward Tom Wom's art in the DMG. That's true. For 1E, I mean. A lot of people claim it. Complain about that too. Well, there's certainly precedents. It's certainly old school. Yeah. And, and, stop calling me cartoony, damn it. Oh, uh, and anyway. quite frankly, I, a lot of the art that appeared in the brown books, uh, damn. You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah, but the guy was stealing from Marvel, so. <laughs> yeah. Not the cover of Eldritch Wizardry. No, 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 no. Which was great. Okay, yeah. what about you, Mike? What do you think? Well, I can't say much about no, <laughs> our I layout. Yeah, uh, no, but I do like the structure of it. Um, Hello. I think it's very easy to, you know, it's, it, it flows a lot more naturally than the original Holmes, which is good. I like how the spells have been expanded, yet it doesn't drown you in spells. Mm. You know, you get you get a good baseline. And to me, the advantage of that is it encourages players, hopefully, to research their own spells. Yes. Which I think is a lost activity in most D&D nowadays. True. And like Holmes, but even to a greater extent than Holmes, because it goes up to higher levels, uh, it's one-stop shopping. The complete game right there. Right. It's not, you know, three levels, then, you know, you got to go to another version. Yeah. You got to go to AD&D or you got to get the brown books. Or you have to have multiple books to play it. Very rarely do you see that in D&D or any other great game system. Right. And I know it's kind of iconic for the three books, the monster book, the player book, the DM's book, but I always much prefer one book, whole game, period. Yeah, exactly. Well, there wasn't much stuff to put... To make three books, so yeah, and even so, that's know, why they were digest-sized. It's still quite readable, you know. It's, like I said, fifty, fifty-one to fifty-four odd text pages. Yeah, yeah, and yeah it, and covers and first edition came around. They they split it up because obviously it was advanced. It's supposed to be tournament edition, so they had to keep things secret. So yeah, secret. Yeah, yeah, and that so worked out. <laughs> yeah. And once again, once nobody read what they were not supposed to read. Right. Ever. Right. Ever. That's right. I I didn't read the Deep Sky for the longest time because I, you know, because Joe was DMing, so there was no me to read it. Yeah. Really? No, I didn't. I I wanted to play the game like pure. Just wanted to play. Well, I salute you. You're the only person I've met who did that. And 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 one more thing about the about the artwork. I really, I, once again, I want to give props to Oni Jolie. That is a gorgeous picture on the front. Yeah, isn't it? I, I'm yeah. Very happy that she just said had enjoying music. She did it in an art class. She said. Really? Wow. 
And she didn't even like it. I was like, what? It's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Artists are almost always their own worst critics. Yeah, look at me. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, she, she, did, she did a wonderful job. Okay. Anyway. Well, dragons. Is it time? Yep, it's time for dragons. <laughs> It's time. It's Vader time. Oh, sorry. Uh, okay, Vince. Don't forgive us, Vince, if we, if we skip you. Yeah, I, I understand. <laughs> so, Liz? Well. <laughs> well. I'm probably more than hey, a little bit... Yeah. <laughs> I'm probably more than a little bit biased here because this is my favorite version of Basic that this is a clone of. Um, but, you know, like I've said before... Things are put together well. It's easy to find what you want. It expands what's in the Holmes booklet and does it in a very cogent and logical manner. I'm going to give it. I'm going to give it four and a half dragons. Yay, okay. Glenn. I'm going to give it four and a half too. Um, I like the once again. It's biased. It's me. Um, but I like the layout and the artwork, and it's really clear to understand. And I noticed in the back, we have the OGL. O, uh, OS, the OGL. O, yeah, the OGL. But you also put your own OGL in there. Yeah. So people want to do it, which I thought was a smart idea. And the other reason I didn't give it a full five is because, frankly, the character sheet sucks. <laughs> Somebody's going to have to make a new one. I don't know who could, but... We'll have to do something about that. If only if we knew only. somebody. Yeah, somebody. Yeah. But four and a half. I'm going to give it four. And a half. I didn't want to include a character sheet, but I was told it was a good idea to put one in, so I did. Okay. We'll have to talk later, Vince, because some of this is incomprehensible. So. <laughs> the only two gripes I have with Mazes and Perils, and it's very, very minor ones, and it's almost certainly just to my personal views rather than anything inherently wrong with the game. All right. Is that I would prefer less one isms but that's a personal opinion of mine. That's what? Huh? I said wah. Wah, exactly. <laughs> so there's that, and I know... I know all three of you are probably going to yell at me for this. And I hey, Mike! Oh, sorry. There's a certain rationale to it, but I do think that every, you know, any role, complete role-playing game ought to have at least a couple, a few paragraphs on what is a role-playing game and how to play it. I know, I know it's been done to death, but it, I just feel like it helps make a complete game. Doesn't for me if it's not in there. I'll give you the tr- traditional Archie Bunker answer. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> So I'm going to give it four dragons. Okay. And the fake Liz, hello. Uh, <laughs> I give it five hundred dragons. Guys, <laughs> guys, we're going to have to do an intervention on Vince. He started turning to Liz. Yeah. No, sorry. Well, no, it, it's it's he's catching up for all the different you know all these episodes yeah. he hasn't been uh, here for. It's been months since he's been able to impersonate me, so he's got to get it out of his system. Well, for good to play catch up, why don't you guys say Doctor Who ten times? I'll say ours. I was about to say. Uh, speaking of impersonations, the first episode of Doctor Who <laughs> had, had a really great impersonation you know, thing, a woman as a Dalek, and vice versa. I don't get it. I don't get it. I tried to get Doctor Who. I just don't get Doctor <laughs> Who. I'm sorry. I tried. Yeah, you, 
it's not for everybody. And truth to tell, I'm really kind of disappointed with this season too. But I, I watched the first episode like four times. I just didn't like it. I, I couldn't get into it. Just I, didn't grab you. No, it's just too British for me. I guess I don't know. Wait, what? No, there's no such thing as too British. What are you talking about? Like the only shows from- is with their cooking. Yeah. <laughs> well, cooking, yeah, but. <laughs> The only shows from the UK that I enjoy is Merlin, for one, and that's really not... Well, it is the UK, but I, I could stand that, and Most Haunted, and that's about it. Okay, well, I'm talking about, like, days gone by. You know, I used to watch Monty Python's Flying Circus go, I don't understand heaven, but it's great! I, I like the movies, I just didn't like the Flying Circus itself, because I didn't understand the humor, because it's all local humor, mostly, so... Or but cultural I, humor, I should but say. I st- but I still laughed. Son of a gun. Benny Hill. Benny Hill. Benny Hill? Okay. Benny Hill. I'll give you Benny. It's hard not to like Benny Hill. Benny Hill. Hill. Yeah, Benny Hill, Faulty Towers, you know, the prisoner. Um, Benny uh, Hill had a bit more for guys than Faulty Towers of the prisoner. But more, yeah, yeah, breasts, but, yeah. (laughs) Anyway. You say that like that's, anyway. Uh, No, it's not. Believe me, it's not. I appreciate it. It does nothing for me, but. It shouldn't do anything for you, Liz. Might be very worried if it does. <laughs> or maybe intrigued. Anyway. <laughs> exactly. I appreciate you doing a show on this as I insisted on not doing a show on this and Mike said, No, we're doing a show on this. Yeah, you, he was really reluctant and you know, because of the whole, well, it's WGP, you know. Did the game, but I think we'd be and doing the the listening audience a disservice not covering it. So the haters can turn off the show. Thank you. And yes. like, regardless, we're going to do it regardless of you there or not. So I figured I might as well sit in and answer any questions you guys had. So exactly, and I think, and we appreciate it, oh, regardless of what any grumpy people might have to say about it. And Glenn yelled at me too. So. Yeah, there you go. Uh, it's, yeah, we're going to have to put this on Maury Povich, I guess. I don't know. Uh, I'm anyway. Not, I'm going for a pregnancy test, and I'm not 13, and I don't know who my daddy is, so you can't. Okay. So we can't do the lie detector thing? <laughs> Racist class. Yes, he actually put it in the book. So two votes of four and a half dragons and one vote of four dragons. I'm, that makes 13. like what, four and a third dragons. I don't know. <laughs> Four and a quarter, I'd say. I like four and a third better. Sure. Anyway, we're walking down the road yet again. The end of another adventure. I'm walking cop- back to town. I'm copying tables because they can't be copied, so I like to do that anyway. So. Oh, oh. wow. I want to see what Liz Vince is busy copying tables. What's Liz doing? I'm hanging out with my... Puppy cobalts. <laughs> there you go. She's she's being carried on a divan by by the co- her cobalt minions. That's right. Glenn. Oh man, I'm I'm rocking that dragon that cut that dragon on the cover, just riding him into the sunset. Whereas I'm on my horse, leading a herd of minotaurs <laughs> across the plains to the rail. <laughs> 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 Get along, little doggies. Yeah, yeah, well, that's I'm, your line. Yeah. <laughs> we got to get this ton of beef in the market. Well, I'll say, so next time on Save or Die will be breast and why Liz likes them. No, I'm kidding. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> and how might it be, be the highest downloaded episode ever. Ever. <laughs> Forky would play it over and over again, probably. Yeah. 
make a montage. <laughs> anyway, farewell, everybody. All right. Good night, everybody. Yep, keep it original, keep it old school. Good night. <laughs>